Hello again, everyone. Thanks for joining us on Moving Up the Ladder, a part of LJN Radio. I'm Tim Muma, and on this episode, it's another myth versus reality segment. This time, we're going to focus on gender equality. What is it? How have we progressed? And what are some of the statements and phrases out there that might not actually be true? To do this, we brought in someone with a ton of experience. Her name is Kathy Caprino. She is a career success coach, as well as the founder of Elia Communications. And you can also find a lot of her work on Forbes, as she is a key contributor to them as well. Kathy, thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Tim. We want to talk to you because you have a lot of experience, both really in the corporate world, as well as with your career as a career success coach, if you will, particularly in looking at women in the workplace and the idea of gender equality. I wanted to start off before we get into our myth versus reality portion of the show. How do you view gender equality over the last 20 years? Maybe give us a broad assessment of how you viewed it, whether it's gotten better, things have gotten worse, or however you would evaluate in the past two decades. Oh, I'd love to chat about that. But before that, a lot of people, I think, are still confused about what gender equality is. Mm -hmm. And I just want to read one quick thing from uh, the UN Women's Organization, which sums it up perfectly. So they say that equality between men and women refers to equal rights, responsibilities, and opportunities of men and women, girls and boys. It does not mean that women and men will become the same but that women's and men's rights, responsibilities, and opportunities will not depend on whether they're born male or female. And they also talk about equality between men and women is is seen as both a human rights issue and a precondition for sustainable people-centered development. So I really want to dispel that myth that, you know, people will write me on my Forbes blog, yeah, but women are not the same. No, no one's (laughs) saying women are the same. So let's get that clear, right? And if we look at the past 20 years, there's good and bad. Absolutely, there's been progress. There's, there, the needle has moved. But as they say, progress is not success. And it's been mm. said that it's going to take about 80 years more, at least, oh, wow. gosh, to achieve gender parity. So I was reading a Washington Post article recently, and here's some things that are really important to know. The U.S., for instance, is the only industrial, industrialized country not to mandate paid leave for new moms. Mm. I mean, what? It it, it just makes us scratch our heads. Secondly, our gender wage gap is shrinking. That's great. But it still remains wider than in other countries. Mm -hmm. It looks like women are being paid about 84% of men's earnings. Okay. The third thing is women go to work, but they babysit and they care for elderly relatives. And my research shows that many women are doing 75% of the domestic work, even when they're the primary breadwinner. Oh, wow. That's not sustainable, right? Sure. There's also domestic violence that continues to affect, you know, globally nearly one third of women. And uh, the U.S. is behind in general when it comes to legal protections of gender equality. I did read one happy piece of news that (laughs) American men are more likely than men in other countries to support female political candidates. So so there's a little good news. But, you know, we're moving the needle, but we're just not there yet at all. A lot more work to do. I think some good examples there. Uh, and as you mentioned, progress is one thing, success is another. And as you noted there, it's going to take some time, but hopefully moving a little bit quickly in that direction. Let's go ahead and jump into the myth versus reality side. For those who haven't listened to this type of segment before, we give a statement based on the topic, again, today being gender equality. And we look for our guest, Kathy, to give us her thoughts on it, whether it's a myth or reality, and give us some reasoning behind it. Of course, we understand it's not always black and white, so we might run into those situations as well. But the first one I wanted to give you today, Kathy, was that 
gender equality is only a women's issue. <laughs> so that one is, that is black and white. That, that's a myth. <laughs> okay. That's just a myth. And you know, I, because I get a lot of comments on, on my writing on Huffington Post, et cetera, there have been women that have said to me, we don't need men for this. It's too long that women have thought that they can't do things on their own. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree more. Mm -hmm. It is not a women's issue only. Uh, Hillary Clinton was saying that her famous statement, women's rights are human rights. We need everyone on the planet to, to help us with this. And I was happy to see recently Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant coming together in, in a new movement called Lean In Together. Mm -hmm. And it talks about how we need men in the support for equality. We can't do it without men. And there are very specific ways that men can help, including mentoring women, advocating for women, recruiting women, promoting women. And they, they called it sharing office housework as well, because, you know, <laughs> the data shows it's the women that do all those things that, you know, are kind of like housework, but in the office. Mm -hmm. And when men step up and do half of that, it, it changes the dynamic. So, uh, no, that's a myth. We absolutely need men. And there are wonderful, amazing, evolved men, you know, leading the charge. Sure. That's, that's great news for us. Maybe to put you on the spot a little bit, but what is the thinking of some women in saying, you know, we don't need men, we can do this on our own? Is it a concern that, I don't know, men are going to get credit for it? Is it a thought that, well, if we're going to do this, we have to do it on our own? I mean, what have you come across in your experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's from women who are tired of the, you know, long, long standing belief that women cannot affect change independently, sure. that they're dependent on men. Sure. I see where they're coming from, but I, I think that they are, it's misguided here. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at even Fortune 100 companies, women are still a tiny, tiny percent in terms of senior leadership. So the reality is men are still predominantly taking the leadership roles. So obviously we need men's support here. And I think it's, it's wrong to think that we're in this alone. We're not. Very well put, I think, there. And uh, as you said, a myth, the idea that it's only a women's issue. And we're talking about gender equality. You touched on the leadership there, and that brings us to our second statement. Everyone in the workplace is responsible for gender equality, not just executives. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely reality there. So what does that mean? A lot of people think, you know, millions of people are managers or project managers or have, have a team or have an assistant. We don't just have to be a CEO and make a difference. Mm -hmm. It's anybody in the workplace, every single person. So if you have knowledge and expertise or wisdom and insight, you can share it as a mentor or a sponsor. If you have the power to choose who you are selecting as your team or who you're hiring or who you're going to see advance, and if everyone who has any kind of voice is responsible for gender equality. So it's not just your HR leader or your CEO. Everyone can do something powerful to make a difference. And I love the examples you gave there because I think a lot of people often wonder, well, what can I do? I'm just in this position. But I think you gave some really good examples there as far as how everybody can play a role when we're talking about this idea of gender equality. Let's go to the next portion then. Gender equality in the workforce is influenced by the gender dynamics at home. Oh, man. <laughs> that's that's black and white too. That's okay. <laughs> such a reality. Okay. And this is what I believe. There literally can be no equality in the workplace if there's none in the home. Hmm. There can't be. 
So what do I mean by that? You know, if women continue to feel that they have to handle the lion's share of domestic responsibility, and, you know, this is, I want you to know, this is not beating men up. This is not making men the enemy. There are cultural influences that Mm -hmm. have led to the roles and the stereotypes and the kind of rigid way we look at what men and women do and what they're responsible for. It's a collective experience. But again, women still are doing the lion's share of domestic responsibility. Well, if that's happening, there's really no way they can become leaders and influencers in the workplace if they really feel they have to do 100% of what's going on at home. Sure. I interviewed um, a number of people on this issue, and one was Gary Barker, who is the international director of an amazing organization called Promundo. And he explains that men can help advance women by doing half the care work, half the, uh, the care for children, and half the care for elderly family members. And there's nothing that's going to change the dynamic in the workplace more than when, when, when men do fully half their share sure. at home. And I really see that in couples where men and women share more equally. You know, it, it creates the situation where women can be more actively participating in the workforce. So that's a reality, absolutely. Now, do you see if that continues, hopefully, in that way of that shared workload at home, if that becomes more the norm, do you see that perception changing in the workplace? Because we still come across a lot of people who say, you know, my boss thinks because I'm the man in the house that I shouldn't have to worry about my kids, that I'm just going to work long hours. And then my wife, on the other hand, it's expected that uh, it's fine if she's gone, but she still has to do her work. I mean, do you see that hopefully a perception changing in the workplace as well if stuff changes at home? Absolutely. And you know what? I'm seeing it already with the millennial generation. Okay. You know, I'm I'm 55, so I'm I'm right there. I'm a boomer, and in the boomer world, some of these views are really intractable. You're really mm. not going to change. I mean, this might be controversial, but your 60 year old male boss who grew up with a certain way. I mean, my dad he died two years ago, 92, but he really believed that women's place was in the home, and he was sure. a, a wonderful guy. But you know, 92. I mean, that's <laughs> you're influenced by your generation. I think the generations have themes. You know. I see this very differently for the millennial folk. They don't have the intractable views. So it's changing, but it's probably, it's not going to happen in next year. It's going to take time for all of us to shift and grow and see what's possible and to stop looking at how it was, but how it needs to be. All right. I like that. That's perfect. So our fourth statement then in terms of gender equality, myth versus reality, maybe we get into some more gray area here. By focusing specifically on advancing women, the women are then seen as special victims. What are your thoughts on that? I just see red when I, I when I read this. So <laughs> hey, I need. I didn't to come t- up with this. I swear. I, I read it. I swear. I read it. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked it. But here you go. You know, hang on to your seat. No, I remember reading uh, something Jack Welch said. You know, the former CEO of General Electric. And and I just want to share this quickly. My dad was a GE guy. Thirty years. He had seven patents. So GE, uh, Jack Welch, revered in my home growing mm-hmm. up. But when I read this, I really got mad. Jack said in front of um, a gathering of women executives, he said this, look, women, over-deliver. That's what you need to do. Performance is it. And he went on to share that HR, I can't believe this, HR teams are out there and most of them are for birthdays and picnics, meaning that's what HR functions do, right? And he mentioned a woman's forum inside GE and there were 500 participants. And he said this, the best of the women would come to me and say, I don't want to be in a special group. I'm not in a victim's unit. I'm a star. I want to be compared with the best of your best. 
And then he said to the audience, stop lying about it. It's true. Great women get upset about being in a victim's unit. So it's upsetting to me on two fronts. Number one, here's a very well-known, famous guy in leadership saying that. Mm -hmm. And first of all, when you say something, whatever you choose to say, you are broadcasting it. Even if you're pretending you don't agree with it, you selected that to share in front of 500 people. So I tweeted about that and he wrote me back and he said, I didn't say it. Women said it. And I said, yeah, but you chose to repeat it. Mm -hmm. So the sad thing is some senior people believe it. And yeah, I think people do. And some women believe it. But I have to say they're dead wrong. This is not about being a victim. This is about the fact that if we don't address and correct the situation that has emerged for a lot of influences and reasons, if we don't take proactive steps to address this, the measures won't change. The needle won't move. This stuff doesn't change on its own. It just doesn't naturally organically change. It changes because we focus on it. You know, they say what gets measured gets done. Hmm. So in this case, it's myth and reality because some sure. people, the reality is some people still see it this way, that you're a special victim if you have programs that help women advance. The myth is they're wrong to see it that way. That definitely seems like an area that's a little more gray when it comes to understanding. And and that's a little deeper of, I guess, a thought process when we talk about gender equality. It's not a surface issue. It's definitely something that goes a little bit deeper. Along the same lines, I was always curious about this. And obviously, it's just your opinion, but I know you're a pro and you understand all this stuff. I am a white male, so I don't hear these, I guess, the way people express things. But, you know, when it's the first woman to lead so-and-so organization, the first African-American to you know, be president, that kind of thing. Do you see that as a positive or a negative? Because I think it's along the same lines where people think, well, why do we have to say it's the first woman so-and-so? Just say she's now the CEO of this company. Do you think it's important to still celebrate or announce that they are the first of their kind, for lack of a better term, um, to be in that position? I think uh, I think it's a positive. What a great question. I don't think I've ever <laughs> been asked that. I think it's a positive. Why? Because we believe what we see, and it's important to celebrate progress. Mm-hmm. First African-American president is progress. It's progress. Right. And the first woman to run a you know, billion-dollar uh, multinational organization, whatever it is, this is progress. And yeah, I believe it should be celebrated. Absolutely. I don't see anything wrong with that at all. You know, in a hundred years, maybe we never have to say it. Maybe it's so commonplace that it's not news, but it's news today and it needs to be celebrated. Absolutely. That's probably a good way to look at it. Down the road, we hope that it isn't some sort of, you know, issue or celebratory kind of thing. But right now, as you said, celebrate it, show it. That way people see it and understand a little bit better. Well, Kathy, we've come to our final uh, phrase, our statement here for myth versus reality. I think you've done a terrific job of giving our listeners some insight into your experience, as well as, as you've mentioned, the people you talk with, the things you read, the things you come across. I think that's really cool to hear all that stuff. The last statement is, higher female employment signals greater gender equality. What do you think about that? That's another amazing one that I believe is part myth, part reality. And, you know, just, just hearing you talk, I have to share this. My last role in corporate, I was a vice president and I managed $30 million budgets. I had big responsibilities, Mm -hmm. but I also dealt with gender discrimination and sexual harassment, actually. 
before you've had that happen to you, you, you kind of don't believe it, it's out there. I sure. mean, you can hear stories, but until something happens to you, you don't actually have the empathy, I think, mm-hmm. and the understanding and the experience. But I did. So I think what we have to understand here is, yes, the levels of employment, that's a measure of, of gender parity and gender equality. But that doesn't tell the whole picture. Other things have to change. So, you know, I looked at some of the latest statistics. It's important to know. It looks like as of 2013, 57% of women were in the workforce and 70% of men. That needle is moving. And again, as of 2013, 46% of the workforce was female. Hmm. Yeah, we're wanting to see that, you know, that number grow. But that doesn't say everything. It's, It's also about leadership. Sure. If we are, if women are not in positions of leadership, then the needle isn't moving as we need it to. And if you look at other measures around the world, it's education, it's maternal mortality, it's water access. You know, in the developing country, women are responsible for getting the water and and transporting it to their communities. And as long as that falls on women, they're not able to do other things in the community, right? So it's also leadership, it's domestic violence. We have to look at these other measures not just how many women are working. So it's that one's myth and reality. I think that's a fair statement as well. And as we said off the top, it's not always going to be completely black and white, especially a what can be a complicated issue because there's so much that goes into it. But Kathy, I think you handled everything extremely well, a pro like we knew you were. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to do it, Tim. That will do it for us here on Moving Up the Ladder, another excellent edition of Myth versus Reality, this time with Kathy Caprino. Again, she's a career success coach, Forbes contributor, and the founder of Elia Communications. If you want to find out more about her, just go to kathycaprino.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, at the LJN. And you can find all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thanks once again for listening. I'm Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.